Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, welcome to part four, the conclusion of relationships. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying this series and it's been doing something in your life. Hopefully God's been speaking to you. Um, I'm excited for our upcoming series. It's called Freedom. Um, and we're going to talk about getting free in the areas of, of life that maybe, maybe have had a hold on you for some time. I know that you guys probably don't have those areas, but I know I personally have those areas of addictions or hurts or hang-ups or habits that I'd like to break, things I'd like to be free from. And so we're going to do a whole series next month about how to get free in those areas, how to bring lasting freedom to the areas of your life that maybe you've struggled with for a long time. So I'm excited about that. As we finish part four of Relationships... Um, hey, everybody have a good week. Everybody have a good week. Went to the rodeo last night, which I realized means being, having about 4 million people ride on your back by the time you get in there. Um, that is crazy. Like, it took us so long to get into the rodeo, and you got to walk, like, forever, and then you pay some guy on a bicycle to drive you there, and, like, it was wild how many people there were at the rodeo. And um, it made me love our city even more because you see so many, the, the, the diversity of Houston and its full effect. And it made me remember that there's a lot more people out there that need Jesus. And um, that God has, that the mission field is great. Um, and there are some people you just go, did your mom let you walk out of the house like that? Like, did you sneak out of the house? Did like you even look in the mirror? Like, who told you? You got, you need some good relationships because somebody lied to you. Um, but we, we loved it. It was, it was great. I didn't wear cowboy boots or a cowboy hat, which I realized made me out of place because I got there and like everyone is like Wild Bill Hickok there. Like, I'm like, these people really dress up for real for this thing. Um, but it was fun. Rode some rides. You know when you go on a carnival ride and like you just, like you always got a question. You're like, do we have a will? Is there something like, if, did you let the babysitter know we're going on this thing before we get on here? Because you never know. These things, might, this might be great or we might be on the news tomorrow. Um, and so all I could think of was I hope that we don't die because who's going to preach tomorrow? Thank God I didn't, but I did eat a lot of funnel cake. So, hey, let's pray and we'll jump into it. Dear God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this time we get to spend together. I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you'd speak to us, God. I pray that our relationships would grow. I pray that you would draw us closer to you and closer to people. God, I pray that as you speak to us, that you prepare our hearts for today's word. God, you know the areas of hurt that we need to work through. You know the areas that hinder us in relationships. You know the areas, God, that, that are our hang-ups. And I just pray that today you would remove some of those. I pray that today there would be healing in our hearts. I pray that today... We would create an avenue in our lives to have healthy relationships. Bless our time together in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Hey, we're going to be talking about something today that I know is going to be difficult for some of you. But as your pastor, I would be remiss if I didn't address this because it's pivotal in almost any relationship. And it, it's, it is the thing that makes all relationships work, last, begin, or end. And I want to talk to you about it today. And I know this is an area that for me is not a major struggle, but I know that for a lot of people, I know a lot of people do struggle with this area. And so we're going to, we're going to address it. And hopefully I feel like God's given me some revelation for us that will get us closer to Jesus and closer to people. Matthew 18. Later, Peter approached Jesus and said, how many times do I have to forgive my fellow believer who keeps offending me? Seven times? 
Now let me just stop and tell you this. In the Jewish culture, you were commanded to forgive people two, but at most three times. Okay, I mean, no, that would be great if you knew, like, yo, three strikes, that's it. I don't ever have to forgive you again. Three times was, was like the max amount you needed to forgive people. So Peter, in saying seven times, was really going like Jesus, like, listen, look how good I am. I've not only doubled the law, but then I've added one. Like, not only am I willing to go above and beyond, but even extra over that, Jesus. And Jesus says, not seven times, Peter, but 70 Seven, but 70 times seven times, which would be 490. That's good. I was really hoping somebody said the answer because I didn't know it because I'm bad at math. So uh, 490 times. Jesus was talking about forgiveness. Today, I want to talk to you about forgiveness because ultimately it's forgiveness that keeps relationships going or ends relationships. It's the people in our lives that we choose to forgive and walk the path of life with or the people that we just find that hurt too bad to where we can't continue the relationship. I'll be honest, this is not an issue for me personally. I have my issues. I've got a lot of issues. This is for some reason, God has given me a supernatural grace for people. It's probably because he knew I would pastor people and he was like, you're going to get hurt a lot. So like you should just get used to it. I, I, I've never been mad about something for more than like a day. Like I can't even, I have, I have a very close relative of mine who has been mad at me for over a year, won't speak to me. And I sometimes sit down with our other relatives and I go, I've never been mad about something for more than a, how would you stay mad about something for a year? Like a year? I can't imagine being mad for over a year. But for a lot of us, that's a reality. For a lot of us, when we don't learn to walk in forgiveness and what it really means, it ends up holding us back. And ultimately, what it will do in our relationships is it will isolate us. And how many of you know the enemy's plan is always to isolate us? It's to isolate us from God. It's to isolate us from people. It's like, and ultimately, we will find a reason to pin ever, something on everyone to where we isolate ourselves in, and we've built a city to ourselves where no one can get to us, no one can really connect with us, no one can help us, but no one can hurt us. And I believe that God's desire is for us to live a life of continued forgiveness. And I wanna give you some, some things that I think will help you with that today. So really what Jesus is saying, he says not seven times, Peter, but 70 times, seven times. What Jesus was saying is, Peter, if you're counting, you're not really forgiving. If you're counting, you're not really forgiving. I don't know about the rest of the women in here, but my wife has an amazing memory. It's amazing how uh, y'all, women, y'all's memories are just like, golly. When people say women are smarter than men, I'm like, they've got to be, because she remembers everything I've ever done wrong. Like, that y'all have to be brilliant. It doesn't matter what it is. She has a unique ability to go like, I'll do something. She's like, yeah, well, remember when we were dating three months in and you did that same thing? And I'm like, three months into dating? That was like 12 years ago. I don't, how do you even remember that? I don't remember anything about 12 years ago. But ultimately, how many of you know when someone hurts you, we can be the same way? And it doesn't matter what it is. If, you, if something triggers it, immediately it's like being back in that situation. You ever have those moments where something triggers a pain in you and immediately you're right back where you were when it happened? It could have been 20 years earlier, but as soon as someone says it, it's like you're right back where you were. When I was in eighth grade, I think I've told some of you this story. I was in eighth grade, I had a teacher, I'm, I'm from Lafayette, Louisiana, I had a teacher, her name was Miss Boudreaux, that's like not a joke, like that was her real name, people were like, what is that? Like, that was her real name. Um, 
And I walked into class one day. How many of you heard this, the hair, the hair story? Okay, good. This is good. Um, I walk into class one day. This was in the, the era of punk rock. And, you know, I know you guys didn't go through that, but, like, I loved, like, Weezer and MXPX. And it was, like, all these punk rock bands that were huge. We had, like, the studded belts. You know, everybody was a skateboarder. Everybody had bleached hair. Ryan Cabrera was huge. Like, it was, like, you, you just, the Backstreet Boys were in their prime, you know, which also their prime is coming back. I just want to say that Backstreet's back. All right. Um, but, sorry. Um, I just get super excited. They came out with this new music video and it just did something to my spirit. Uh, they were in the prime and, and punk rock was in. And so I had like the whole get up. I had like, you know, the metal belt and like the, the baggy jeans. My mom wouldn't let me wear Jinko jeans. So I just got like the baggiest jeans I could wear and then just like sagged them really low. And I, uh, but I went to a Christian school, so it wasn't like that cool. Um, and, and I walk into school, I, I kept trying to spike my hair up. Spiked hair was all the thing. Like if you, the, the higher the spiked hair, the bigger you could get your hair, the cooler it was. And there was this kid on the bus, I was in eighth grade, he was a senior, and he had like this awesome spiked hair. Like it was amazing. And so one day I'm like, hey bro, like how do you spike your hair up that much? He's like, well, there's a secret to it. I don't tell many people. I'm like, well, what is, tell me, you know? He's like, you gotta put Elmer's glue in it, okay? And he said, instead of using gel, use glue. It'll spike it up and it'll stay like this for like three or four days. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I'm not gonna do that. So I go home, mom, I need some clear glue for this school project, you know? And she's like, what project? I'm like, the project of being cooler, mom. Just give me the glue, okay? She brings me the glue and I go in the bathroom the next morning and spike it up. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is, I look so good. Now, I went to school in kind of a country part of town, okay? So like, it was, it was, I was cool in my area, but like at school, it was like people were still like, like chewing Copenhagen and like wearing cowboy boots a lot of them. So there was a sect of us that were in the, in the cool, but then like we weren't like, it was, we were kind of the outliers. So I come into class and my first period class, I walk in there. You know how you get dressed in the morning and you feel super confident about what you're wearing? until someone gives you a look that makes you think like maybe you don't know what you should be wearing. Like maybe, maybe you thought this was really cool, but then like, it's not that cool. So I roll into class and I'm just like killing it. My hair is like touching the doorpost and my teacher looks at me. She walks in, everybody sits down, you know, she walks in to write her name on the board and um, walks up, like was writing our assignment or something on the board for the day. Goes, hey, good morning, everybody. Turns around and then stops and turns back around and looks at me and she just goes, what in the world is wrong with your hair? And you have a choice in these moments. You gotta either like ride it out or just break. Like maybe, you know, you, there's two people. There's the people that just go like, I don't know. I, they said it was cool and so I did it. Like, I'm not that guy. I'm gonna ride it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go straight through the storm. I'm like, what's wrong with your hair? Uh, she's like, what did you do? I'm like, what do you mean? This is awesome, you know? And then she does this. She goes, let's take a poll. How many of you think Christian's hair looks stupid? I am in eighth grade, okay? I remember when she said it thinking, you're not supposed to do this. Like, aren't you like, aren't there rules against this or something? You're the teacher, I'm the student. You can't take polls about if I'm stupid. Like, I don't, how many of you think Christian's hair looks stupid? And everybody in the class raised their hand except for two girls. And I remember the feeling of being so humiliated. So in that moment going like, I will never. When I relive that right now, I remember feeling what it felt like in that moment. 
Those moments where your face gets hot, those moments where you feel the embarrassment and the hurt and the shame. Thank God the two girls who didn't raise their hands were like just like the hottest, coolest girls in school. And one of them had been my friend since we were like kids. And she stands up, she's like, I think Christian's hair looks cute. It's kind of hot. And I was like, yeah, what's up? Get off me. It's kind of hot. <clears throat> I still to this day call her every day on her birthday. I'm like, every year on her birthday, I just want you to know I'm so thankful for that time in eighth grade when you defended me. It meant so much to me. Uh, that teacher in that moment heard an eighth grade Christian that if I didn't allow myself to get over it and find a way to forgive her, I would still be dealing with embarrassment and shame and, and, and what people thought about me and how their opinions mattered to me. Thank God I came to a moment where I realized I had to forgive that woman. Now, don't get me wrong, there was a conversation on Facebook a couple weeks ago where I may or may not have tagged her and said, I now realize at 32 years old that I didn't even need algebra, and I was right, and Miss Boudreau should admit it. Um, <laughs> Alex was like, why would you say that? I'm like, because she embarrassed me, so I just wanted her to know all these years later, I haven't forgotten. Um, but we remember in those moments where you're hurt how easy it is to hang on to it. And what I'd realized is, is that maybe I had forgotten or maybe, you know, maybe I'd forgiven and said, okay, I forgive Ms. Boudreaux. Okay, I'm over it. Okay, you know, I'm going to let her go. God bless Ms. Boudreaux. She's a sweet lady. I'm sure she didn't mean to hurt me. But I was keeping count in my heart. I hadn't forgotten. I hadn't forgotten. I love when the Bible says that God chooses not to remember our sins against us. You know what that means? It means that God doesn't forget what happened. It means that God chooses not to remember it. What an example of us that when people wound us, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It means that we've got to make a choice daily to choose to not remember that. And I'm going to give you some ways that we can do this. Jesus tells Peter, Peter, if you're counting, you're not forgiving. There was a, back in the, back in the, the, the early early centuries of America, I don't know what it was, 18, 17, late 1700s, they had a punishment that if you killed someone, they would tie the dead body to you, okay? Think of this. They would tie the dead body to you, and the rotting flesh of the person would eventually get on you and begin to rot and eat your flesh away as well. And I remember reading that example, and as soon as I read it, thought, isn't that how bitterness and unforgiveness is to us? That we carry this hurt around, we carry this wound around, we carry this thing that happened to us around, and ultimately it begins to eat at us. You know why I'm a quick forgiver, honestly? It's because I refuse to give anyone the power over me to eat away at my life. If someone hurt me once, I refuse to allow them to carry me around with them and hurt me every single day. I refuse to get up every morning and feel that eating away and that gnawing. And you've all heard the example when they say unforgiveness is like drinking poison daily and waiting for the other person to die. Like drinking poison ourselves daily. Because let me tell you this, most of the time when people hurt us, they, they don't think about it again. Like we think about it far more than they think about it. You ever, you ever have someone come to you like years after something and tell you you hurt them and, and you didn't even realize you hurt them? There was this girl probably, I don't know, a couple years ago, she comes to me and she goes, we, we reconnected. And I go, hey, you know, great to see you. We had not seen each other since we were kids. She goes, I just need to tell you, you hurt me so bad when we were kids. I'm like, 
I hardly even remember you. What do you mean I hurt you so bad when we were a kid? How did I hurt you? He goes, I had the biggest crush on you, and I thought we were going to get married. And then you, like, brought some other girl in and introduced her to me and just made me feel so stupid. And, and I'm like, listen, haters going to hate. Play on, play ya. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just, it ain't my fault. No, but I, I realized she had lived with, she goes, every party when people go, what's your most embarrassing moment? What's the most hurtful thing that's ever happened to them? I tell this story about when you did that to me. And I'm like, oh my God, like I had never in a million years thought about anything regarding that. But she thought about it every day. We all have these instances that if we don't learn to forgive, we will carry them around continually. And most of the time, the people that hurt you really aren't even thinking about it. You're thinking about it in their living life. Well, I want to talk about one of the last things that Jesus ever did. I think he did this very intentionally. One of the last things Jesus ever did on this earth was forgive someone. Luke 23. Luke 23, Jesus is on the cross while they're nailing Jesus to the cross. He prayed over and over, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. The soldiers, after they crucified him, gambled over his clothing Okay, and, and begin that whole process. But I love when it says Jesus on the cross prayed over and over, Father, forgive them. You know why Jesus prayed over and over, Father, forgive them? Because forgiveness is an over and over kind of thing. Forgiveness isn't something we do once and move on with our life. One of the greatest fallacies about forgiveness is that, okay, I forgive them, but why does it still hurt? Because forgiveness is an over and over kind of thing. Forgiveness is the thing you wake up today and go, God, I forgive them. I love them. I bless them. I refuse to be bitter at them. And you wake up the next morning and you go, God, I forgive them. I bless them. I refuse to be bitter over them. Okay, God, I wake up next morning. God, forgive them. I bless them. Let them have a, okay. I purposefully, when I'm mad at someone, I, I make myself bless them. I make myself text them. Hey, love you, praying for you. You're awesome. Because I refuse to allow the enemy to get a root of bitterness in my heart. I refuse to live in unforgiveness because it's a choice to live in it or to not live in it. It doesn't mean that what they did to you was right. It doesn't mean that what they did to you was okay. It doesn't mean that God won't deal with them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't disregard your feelings at all. But it does mean that when I choose to forgive someone, I'm choosing to make a choice to not let the enemy have a root of bitterness in my heart. I'm choosing to take back ground from him daily. Because when I wake up and he goes, remember when those people said they were going to be with you forever and then they stabbed you in the back? And I go, I do, and bless them, and God let them be awesome, and I pray that they have the greatest careers ever, and I pray that God uses them, and I pray that... And every time I do that, the devil gets mad because his desire is that it would be a hook in our heart that whenever he wants to pull on us, he just brings up that memory, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, and shuts us down. You know those people that all it takes is one bad memory to shut them down? I used to go to school with a guy, my senior year of high school, went to school with a guy. And if he got in a stressful situation, if him and his girlfriend started fighting, he would have like massive panic attacks. We'd have to stop whatever we're doing. We're bowling one time, bowling, and all of a sudden we look at him and he's just like, and we're like, what's, what's, what's going on, bro? And he's just like, I gotta, I, gotta go, I gotta go home. Something, some thought in his mind had triggered something that threw him into this panic attack. And it didn't matter if we were out with friends or bowling or in the middle of class, we had to stop and take him home, put him in a room for like 45 minutes, wait for him to calm down, and then we could go back to doing whatever we were doing. Many of us are like that emotionally, that a memory will come up in our mind and trigger something and it shuts us down. Your spouse can go, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing, it's fine. I don't want to talk about it, nothing, I'm fine. Why is it women would y'all tell us nothing, we're fine, that actually means you're not fine at all? Like, 
Alex always said, I just want to communicate with you. Just talk to me, you know. And then y'all get mad and I go, hey, what's wrong? Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. I'm like, well, okay. I guess. Immediately something can switch our emotions. Immediately something can hurt us, bring up a memory. And if we don't walk in forgiveness daily in those areas that we've been wounded, it will shut us down. I want to give you three keys today to forgiveness. Three keys today to forgiveness. I love this. Martin Luther King said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. What an amazing quote, Martin Luther King Jr., that we, we, we must develop them and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. Listen to me very carefully. Pain and hurt is the price that you pay for love. Pain and hurt is the price that you pay for love. And when you love deeply, it means you have the capacity to be hurt and wounded deeply. But God's desire was never that we stopped the loving because we got hurt. It's that we learn to forgive daily. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. As we go into this next series, this freedom series, I wanted to do this one last in relationships. Because the truth is, all freedom in our life starts with forgiveness. All freedom in our life, whatever it area it is, starts with forgiveness. Maybe it's forgiveness of others. Maybe it's self-forgiveness. Maybe it's forgiveness between you and Jesus. All freedom starts with forgiveness. Next week, as we jump into that, I believe that God's going to prepare our hearts this week to be able to walk in that. I want to give you three keys to forgiveness today. Three keys to forgiveness. Number one, it's easier to forgive when I see myself clearly. It's easier to forgive when I see myself clearly. What does that mean? And there's the parable of the wicked servant is what the Bible calls it, where a king calls a man and he has a debt. He has a great debt, a million dollars. And he goes, pay me my money or else we're going to throw you in jail until your family can pay it. And he goes, I can't, sir. I can't, I can't pay it. I can't pay it. You know, is there anything else I can do? The king has mercy on him, says, you know what? I'll forgive you your debt. Okay, go. Don't worry about it. You're forgiven your debt. He goes out and on his way back to his house, he's a servant who owes him $100. He goes up to the servant, shakes him, beats him, says, pay me my money. And the guy says, I don't have it. And then he says, well, then I'm throwing you in jail until you can pay me my money. Some of the servants of the king saw this and went back and said, the man you just forgave a million dollars just beat up a guy in the alley and threw him in prison over a hundred dollar debt. He calls the man, throws him in prison and delivers him to the torturers, it says, until he can pay his debt. You know what that is? He didn't see himself clearly. He didn't see himself clearly. He didn't see the forgiveness he had just received. He didn't see the debt that he owed. So he wasn't able to, oh, to give forgiveness to someone else. And I love at the end when it says he turned him over to the torturers. You know why? Because unforgiveness tortures us. Unforgiveness tortures us daily. It doesn't matter if it's a parent that hurt you, a boyfriend that hurt you, a sibling that hurt you, a teacher that hurt you. If you don't learn how to forgive and give it to God daily, over and over, it will continually be something that torments you. It will be something that torments you. When I see myself clearly, I can forgive others easily. When I see myself clearly, it gives me grace for others. You know why it's easy for me to forgive other people? Because I know the times that I have wronged other people. 
I know the times I've hurt those around me. I know the times I've done foolish and stupid things. And when I see myself clearly, it's easy to go, who am I to not forgive somebody else? Like Martin Luther King said, there's a little wicked in all of us. The best of us, there's a little wicked in. None of us are perfect. And when I see myself clearly, it allows me to then extend grace to others. Because who am I to not extend a grace to others that I would want to myself extended to me? Number two, when I see others clearly. When I see others clearly. Let me tell you what unforgiveness is like. Do y'all's wives ever wear y'all's shirts? If you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm about to explain it. Your wives ever wear y'all's shirts? Any guys? Any, your girlfriends? Anyone? No? Okay. My wife likes to wear my shirts. And because she's got long, gorgeous hair, her hair gets inside of my shirts. And all day, if there's a hair in my shirt, like right now, I feel it on my back the whole time. Sometimes it's on my stomach, sometimes it's under my arm, sometimes. Unforgiveness is like this stinking hair that's in the back of my shirt right now that you cannot forget about no matter what because you can't get it. And as long as it's there, it drives you crazy. I was, true story, I was in a meeting one time. This is totally off subject. I was in a meeting one time and this is happening important meeting, a board table. I'm sitting at the end of a board table. Okay. It's like 15 of us around this table and I'm, I'm, I have a hair and I'm listening to the meeting and I'm trying to get this hair. I'm doing exactly this. And I'm, you know, trying to be low key about it. And I'm just trying to grab up under this shirt and get this hair. And I it, it, it can't get it. Finally, somebody on the other side of the table talks. So I just reached up in my shirt real quick and ripped it out. And it was a pair of my wife's underwear that had gotten stuck in the shirt. And I'm sitting at the board table, literally holding her underwear. And I'm like, everybody looks at me. I'm like, sorry, just keep these around for good luck. You know, just, (laughs) I just brought a change of clothes just in case, you know, (sighs) when I see others clearly, it allows me to forgive Romans 3, 23, Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When I see others clearly, it allows me to have an extended grace for them. You know what that means? It means that you will get hurt at some point. It means that because we live in an imperfect world and because all have sinned, all of them, your mom, your grandma, your sweet grandma, who you never thought would sin, she sinned. Okay, your parents. I think one of the problems about us getting hurt by our parents is that oftentimes we grow up thinking our parents have it all figured out. How many of you grew up like that? You know, you think you're, you're, you're just, you just think your parents know what they're doing. You just assume your parents have it all figured out. And then you become a parent and you realize your parents didn't know anything. They were winging it too. Like they were trying to figure it out. There was no manual to this thing. Like they sent them home with you the same way they sent me home with Eli. And I'm like, what do we do with him? They're like, I don't know. He's going to be mad at you one day, though, probably for stuff you didn't realize he's mad at you for. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, which means your parents are as fallible as you are. Your grandma and grandpa are as fallible as you are. Your best friend is as fallible as you are. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And when I realize that, it allows me not to put God expectations on people because they'll always let me down. Not to put God expectations on people because they will always let me down. 
Now it's not, I can't believe you would hurt me. It's, hey, it's okay. I've been planning forgiveness in my heart long before you ever hurt me. Long before you ever hurt me, I made a decision to forgive you. There was an old South Korean pastor who used to pray. He used to say, every morning I pray to forgive so many people because every day I hate so many people. (laughs) You can forgive in advance. You can make the decision that no matter what happens to me today, I'm going to choose to forgive those around me. No matter who wrongs me today, I'm going to choose to forgive those around me. No matter who cuts me off in traffic, well, I mean, you know, that's different. If somebody cuts you off in traffic, you get out of the car and teach them a lesson. No, if, if, no matter who wrongs me, I'm going to choose to forgive them. Why? Because they're as fallible as I am. I'll tell you a personal story. Many of you know that, that my brother passed away in a motorcycle accident three years ago and um, was, was pulling out of a drive and a lady who was made a wrong turn, okay? She was 100% wrong, hit him, threw him off his motorcycle, killed him. And um, the lady who hit him, her son had died the exact same way a year earlier on a motorcycle. Somebody pulled out, hit her son, he died. I'm one of five boys, four of my brothers, three of my brothers, okay, were deeply upset with this woman. She never apologized, never wrote a card, never anything. Deeply upset with her. So mad at this lady. One of them still daily. I mean, it's like it, it is the, the, the hate and hurt he has towards this woman is astounding to me. And when we have conversations about it, he'll go, why aren't you this mad? Why don't you hate her like I hate her? And my answer is always the same. Because, bro, that could have been me or that could have been you pulling out of a driveway, not looking. That could be me or you tomorrow. It could be any of us. Why? Because I see others clearly. I realize that many of us make mistakes every day. And that just like she made a mistake, it could be me tomorrow that makes a mistake. And I would never want to hold her to some supernatural standard that I could never live up to myself. Many times we try and hold those around us to a supernatural standard that no one could live up to except in your mind. That your parents should have never done this because if they knew better, guess what? They probably didn't know better. I am under the assumption that most people are generally doing the best they can at all times. But you only know what you know. And so I have a grace for the moments that my parents have hurt me. Because I look at them and I go, I don't think there was one morning that they woke up and said, you know what, we're really going to stick it to eight-year-old Christian today. Screw that kid. Let's ruin his life. I don't think that happened. I don't think Ms. Boudreaux got up on that day and walked in and said, you know what, today's the day. Christian Aranza, I'm going to ruin him. I'm going to scar him for the rest of his life. And he's going to become an international speaker and he's going to tell the story about me all over the world. Ha ha, I win, Ms. Boudreaux. I don't think she thought that. Most people are generally doing the best that they can in every situation, with rare exception. And so it's able, I'm able to go, you know what, I, that's okay. You only know what you know. And because you didn't know how to help me in that area, you didn't, and maybe you even hurt me in that area. But that probably means that someone hurt you in that area before, because hurt people hurt people, and hurt people hurt people, and hurt people hurt people. And some of those hurt people have hurt you and have hurt me. But we can make a decision daily to forgive those people, 
because we see ourselves clearly. We want the same grace that we would, that we want to give them the same grace that we want from them and that we see them clearly and realize that no one is perfect and anyone is capable of hurting me on any given day. Man, well, you can come as I close. Number three, number one, when I see myself clearly, number two, when I see others clearly, and, and let me just say this, I never want to be judged by my moments of weaknesses. I never want to judge. You know how people somehow always judge their best moments against your worst? Like the things they're really good at. Like, well, you're always late and I'm always punctual. I'm like, well, you live alone and aren't married and have no kids. And I got a wife and three children. So what's up? You don't have half the responsibility I have. Of course you're on time. I mean, your house is always messy. Yeah, because like you have no one that lives with you. You're, you, 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 you stay home and clean all day. Man, I just, you didn't read your Bible an hour today? No, I didn't read my Bible an hour today. I woke up to children jumping on my crotch as high as they could, seeing if they could bounce off of me. Like, no, I, I didn't get up and read an hour. When I woke up, I was trying not to die. I was under instant attack, okay? People love to judge their good things against our bad things. I never want to judge my moments of greatness against someone else's moments of weakness. The areas I'm really good in against the areas they're really bad in. I want to have grace for everyone. Number three, as we close, I want to see Jesus clearly. I can forgive easiest when I see Jesus clearly. John 15, 12. So this is my command. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Remember this. This is the person saying this that was betrayed. The person saying this who had been left by all the people close to him. We, we've had people in this process leave us and hurt us. And, you know, I've just built in my mind. If someone looks at me and says, Pastor, we're never going anywhere. That means you're automatically leaving me at some point. We've had people hurt us in this process. I remember one day Alice goes, did you ever think this would happen? Did you ever think Pete, this person would leave? Did you ever think they would do this to us? Did you ever think? I looked around and said, everybody loved Jesus. Why would they not leave us? Why do you not expect it to happen to you? This is Jesus saying this, who's been hurt by everyone, and yet he'd been betrayed, yet he'd been hurt by everyone, yet he'd been kissed on the cheek by the man that was turning him over to the, the, the crucifiers. He says, this is my command. Love each other deeply, as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Yeah, but Jesus, you don't know my friends. My friends are mean as the devil. Jesus is like, I literally got hurt by the devil. <laughs> the real devil. Crucified, betrayed, all his friends left him. Peter denies him three times. All of the hurt, and Jesus goes, listen, there is no greater love that is demonstrated than when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Jesus, the people that hurt me, them too. Jesus, my parents who abused me, them too. Jesus, those that wronged me, my boss that wronged me, this person that took this opportunity, them too. Over and over. Because Jesus calls us to forgive over and over and over and over. 
when we see Jesus clearly, we can forgive most easiest. Because the truth is, how many times have I hurt Jesus? How many times have I hurt Jesus? How many times that no one knows about have I sinned and hurt Jesus? How many times when it was just between me and him, Jesus, I'll never do this again. Jesus, I'll never go there again. Jesus, I'll never look at this again. Jesus, I'll never say those things again. And how many times have I hurt him? How many times have I betrayed Jesus? How many times have I spoken something that I shouldn't have? And yet he forgives me over and over and over. And if he can forgive me over and over, who am I not to forgive over and over? At the end of the parable, the wicked servant, Jesus says he turns him over to the tormentors and then he says, this is what happens. This is what will happen to anyone who doesn't forgive his brother on earth. Listen, my goal for you as your pastor is that none of us would live in the torment of unforgiveness. And I just want to look at you and say this because I want you to know what I'm not saying. I'm not saying what happened to you was okay. I'm not saying that what happened to you was, was justified. I'm not saying that they just get to get away with it. I'm not saying, but I am saying that God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And that God is a faithful judge. And the day will come where all of us will answer for the things that we have done and the wrongs that we have committed to others. But I'm just so grateful that I'll be able to stand there and go, Jesus, like you forgave me, I forgave everyone who hurt me. Jesus, who am I to hold on to things that happened to me when you've so easily let go of the things that I've done to you? When I see myself clearly, I'm able to have grace for others. When I see others clearly, I'm able to forgive them quickly. And when I see Jesus clearly, I'm able to walk in a life of grace and forgiveness because he walks in a life of grace and forgiveness to me. Why? Because if Jesus can love me after all I've done, how could I not forgive and love others? Forgiveness, real forgiveness, leads to freedom. Next week, we're going to talk about the freedom that that brings. I know that this is hard. I know that there's hurts and wounds that I can't imagine. I know that there's spouses who have done spouses wrong and parents who have abused children and best friends that have hurt you more than I could ever imagine. I know, I get it. But whatever it is, today's the day that we let it go. Today's the day that we choose to walk in freedom. Today's the day that we refuse to hold on to the wrongs that have been done to us because we can't hold the wrongs that have been done to us in one hand and the cross of Jesus in the other hand. They're against each other. They don't work because one is grace and one is love and one is forgiveness and one is all about holding on to the hurts that happened to me. And I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that Jesus hasn't held on to the times that I've hurt him, that he hasn't held on to the wrongs that I've done to him. That he hasn't held on to the times that I've lied, let him down, hurt him, spoken something I shouldn't have. So who am I to hold on to those wrongs that have been done to me? Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we're so thankful for your forgiveness. We are so thankful for your forgiveness, Jesus. I personally, Jesus, I, I am beyond baffled at how you have enough grace and mercy to continue to love and forgive me daily. 
that in my journey, Jesus, how you've chosen to forgive me over and over and over. Jesus, may I be able to extend that forgiveness and grace to others continually. May I never forget the price that it cost you. Whatever pain I've gone through, Jesus, you've gone through more. Whatever hurts I endured, Jesus, you endured more. Whatever times I was done wrong, Jesus, you were done wrong more. Jesus, I'm so thankful. Today, Jesus, we come before you and I ask for the grace and peace that passes all understanding, the comfort of the Holy Spirit to fill people's hearts and minds. The hurts and the wounds, God, that only you know about. That today would be a day that we choose to start forgiving them over and over and over. God, we know it doesn't happen in one moment. We know that it's an over and over thing. Today, we make a decision to start forgiving. Today, we make a decision to forgive initially. And we know that there'll be many days after this, we have to forgive again and forgive again and forgive again. But Jesus, every morning you wake us up, let us remember that you chose to forgive us that day in advance. The things we did in advance, you forgave us for. Your word says that while we were yet still sinners, that you died for us. Before we even realized that we loved you, you gave your life for us. And God, because you forgave us in advance, we make a decision today to forgive in advance. Those who have hurt us, those who will hurt us, God, we choose to forgive. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna pray for two groups of people today. And there's those of you that maybe there is something you've been holding on to. Maybe there's someone that's hurt you. Maybe there's a wound in your heart that you can't let go of, a time you've been done wrong, and it's been tormenting you. It's been tormenting you. You wake up and it comes to your mind. You go to sleep and it's on your mind. You find yourself looking on Facebook at other people. What are, what are they doing? How do they look happy? How do they? Because it's tormenting you. But today, you want to begin to forgive. Today, you want to make that decision to let it go. Today, you want to take the first steps of being forgiven over and over and over. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to pray for you. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. And I just want you to receive this. Jesus, I pray that every single person who raised their hand, that your presence would comfort their heart. Holy Spirit, comfort them like only you can. Today, God, they're coming to you and they're saying, we want to forgive, God. Help us forgive. Help us let it go. Help us not be tormented. Today, Jesus, we lay it at your feet. We lay those wrongs. We lay those hurts. We lay those wounds. We lay them at your feet, Jesus. I want you to picture in your mind laying that person at the feet of Jesus. Laying that hurt. Laying whatever it is that happened to you at the feet of Jesus. It doesn't mean that it's okay, but it means that you're giving it to Jesus and trusting him with your hurts. Jesus, as they lay those down before you, we ask that you would fill that hole, that you would touch their heart, that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would, would watch over them and protect them and bring a peace that passes all understanding. 
that they would breathe easier, God, that they would sleep sweeter, that they would make that decision daily to forgive, that when that memory comes back up, that they choose to forgive again, that they choose to forgive again, over and over and over. Jesus, I just pray that you would be with them, your peace would be on them, that you would comfort them. In your precious name. Now, there's maybe another group of people here. There may be those of you that go, Christian, I've never been able to forgive because I've never had that forgiveness from Jesus. I've never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never walked in that forgiveness from Jesus. But if there's someone that can forgive me of my sins, I want to know that person. I want to start a relationship with that person. Maybe you've had religion or maybe you've been to church, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and him. If that's you and you say today, Christian, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus. Would you raise your hand for me? I just want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You can repeat this prayer after me. You can say it under your breath. You can pray it in your heart as long as you mean it. And dear Lord Jesus, today I realize I have a need for forgiveness. I have a sin bill that has to be paid. And Jesus, today I choose to let you pay it. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life and that you died a death I should have died to pay for my sins. And then you rose from the dead to give me a life of freedom. Today, Jesus, I choose you. I choose to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I choose to forgive others before they've hurt me. I choose to accept your forgiveness and to follow you all the days of my life. And Jesus, I pray that you would seal that in their hearts. I pray that you would work on the inside of them. I pray that as they take these first steps of beginning this relationship with you, Jesus, that even as they lay down to sleep at night, that there would be a peace that passes all understanding that comforts them. Something different than they've ever known. She would draw them in close, begin that special relationship with them, Jesus. Do what only you can do. We love you, Jesus. We're so thankful that today we trust you with those who've hurt us. We trust you with the areas we need forgiveness in. We trust you with the areas we need to extend forgiveness in. And I pray that we leave here, God, closer to you and closer to people. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Man, I know, I know that that's not an easy I know that's not easy because your hurts are different than my hurts and your wounds are different than my wounds. But I want you to know that as your pastor, I'm proud of you when you make that choice to forgive. I'm so proud of you stepping out. I'm so proud of those of you who say, hey, I, wanted to, I need that forgiveness. I need to extend that to others. And that is a daily decision. It's something you'll wake up in the morning and maybe it doesn't feel any different and you gotta make a decision to forgive again over and over and over. And anytime you're tempted to hold it, anytime you're tempted to grab it again, just remember, here's what I always remember. I remember all the things in my mind that I'm so grateful that Jesus doesn't hold on to.
so grateful he doesn't hold on to the things that I've done, the stupid times I've messed up. And anytime I look at that, it's very easy for me to go, I'll forgive you for hurting me. <laughs> because I know I need the grace more than I need more than anybody. I need the grace more than anybody. So I encourage you this week, hopefully that that helps you. And as we begin next week, we're going to talk about walking in freedom. Hey, you don't want to miss it. I'm just telling you, we're going to start. I'm so excited about this series. I'm excited about it in my own life. I'm excited about it for your lives. I'm excited about it for small groups. Small groups are, have kicked off some of them last week. Some of them are starting this week. If you haven't signed up online, sign up. Go in there, pick a small group. It's great. Jump in a small group. You're going to love it. You're going to build friendships, relationships. A lot of fun. Um, and and it's, it's just a small part of finding that freedom in your life. Um, hey, if you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we've got three ways that you can do that. You can give in an offering envelope. Also, if you made a decision for Christ today, or if you want, if you want to speak to a ministry team member, there's some different things on there. You can check that box on your connection card. Put that in the offering bucket when they pass those. Um, you can give online at valleyrisechurch.com. You can text Valley Rise in the amount of 77296. We're so grateful for all that you guys give. This doesn't happen without you. We're so grateful for a church that invests in what God is doing here in the families and the stories. And every time I meet with somebody, every time somebody's life has changed, every time I hear somebody go, man, Valley Rise changed our life. We had, had two stories happen in the last two weeks of people. One of them was another pastor in town. And he said, we were at my wife's um, doctor's appointment and the nurse who was, who was there doing all my wife's blood work and stuff, said, um, man, we just moved to this area, and, you know, we love this area. And he's a pastor, so he's recruiting. So he's like, hey, have you found a good church yet? And she goes, we have. We started going to this church we just love. It's called Valley Rise Church. You know, we just love it so much. And he's like, that's my friend's church. And he said, I just thought it was so cool. And had so many stories like that happening lately of, of the, it's not us telling people about it anymore. People are sending me Facebook posts and going, people, man, people are recommending Valley Rise and this Facebook post and in this. That's all a result of your giving. That's a result of you. That's a result of your serving. That's a result of God using you to build a church that will change a community. So we're so grateful for it. Hey, we'll pray over this and we'll let you get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for every gift and every giver. I pray that you would bless it. I pray that you would return it a hundredfold, God. I pray that, that you would take this God offering and multiply it. Do what only you can do with it. You know the needs. You know the provision. You know that all, God, you know everything that we need. And God, I pray that you would take it and do what only you can do with it. God, thank you that we get to return what's already yours back to you. Bless us. Keep us, God. I pray that as we go about this week, we walk in forgiveness and freedom. May this be the greatest week ever. Bless our people. Watch over them and keep them. Protect them. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.